Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander. That is Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast. And we've got a really small Thursday baseball slate for you guys. Bunch of off days here. What do we got? Four total games on the slate, I believe. And one of them is a little bit earlier in the day with the Yanks taken off uh, in a day game there. So we're going to be mostly focused, I believe, on the other ones here. But I do want to let you know that uh, it was a good idea to tail us on Wednesday night as we went 5-1. and one. Got you about three and a half units on the night between the six or five bets that we made here combined. Uh, so looking pretty good as we move forward. Had a really good week so far. Definitely up about four and a half units now over the last week and a half or so since middle last week. Uh, so feeling pretty good about this streak, and we'll keep it going for you here. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Use that odds finder tool that we have up there for the MLB. You can make sure that you're getting the best value on all these bets you're making in baseball this season. Nate, let's go ahead and run right into the game that I think everyone's most interested in talking about powerhouse Dodgers versus powerhouse Bravos. Yeah, it's a nice like standalone game here for the MLB, almost like a NFL schedule um, that you get these the two hottest teams in the NL going. And I, I mean, yeah, this is the one I want to concentrate on. I want to concentrate on basically fading Lance Lynn. There's a lot of ways to do that here. I'm going to say he gives up over five and a half hits, which is even money. And I would put at least one and a half units on that. Or maybe you want to spread out your units uh, in terms of him giving up over two and a half earned uh, in terms of him not going six innings, which is where his his outs prop is at. But look, Lynn has made five starts for the Dodgers and been great. He's been revitalized after having a six and a half ERA for the White Sox. Um you know, where, where they were going absolutely nowhere. <clears throat> uh, but I don't think I'm really buying it that, you know, this this aging pitcher is suddenly lights out. These The three home starts he's had, you could not ask for a better matchup against the A's, Rockies, and the Brewers. And the swinging strike data is still not that impressive. He's always been a guy who kind of depends on just, you know, blowing fastballs by people, spotting his fastball, really troubling data against lefties and really troubling launch angle data in general. I mean, on the season, we're talking a, a nearly a 20% home run to fly ball ratio and 10% barrel. And that's really been the case for the last four years for Lynn, who will just leave fastballs in the heart of the plate. Exactly what you don't want to do against the Atlanta Braves who have the best home run to fly ball ratio in the majors and the best rating by far against fastballs plus 85 runs above average on the season, Lynn throws a fastball about 60% of the time. Most pitchers will just try to avoid the zone against Atlanta because they are just so dangerous, but I don't think that's really Lynn's style either. He he does like to pound the zone. Uh, we're talking about a Braves offense that was cold for a little bit, but just got 55 hits in three games at course. Uh, granted, that's a course and, and against the Rockies staff, but I... I I mean, they're now hitting 291 on the road since the All-Star break. That's an average of 10.5 hits per game. Lynn has been out there for a lot of innings. Um, so that is why I think I kind of like this more than saying he's going to go under six innings. I, I do still have some confidence in that, but he's fresh off allowing 10 hits against Boston. Five guys got at least two hits against him. I mean, certain guys are just going to have a lot of success against Lynn because you know what's coming. Um, and, and, and you've timed him up and he hasn't really faced a lot of these younger stud hitters for the Braves, right? Like three at bats in their career for Acuna, uh, Albies and Austin Riley, 
So, I mean, those guys, you know, as they see him a little bit more, I think they're going to be all over him. Um, and I think the Braves six hits off this guy pretty easily in the first five innings here. Yeah, I think I think he's liable to go the five at least and, and, and probably six at this point for, for big old Lance Lynn. It, it's similar to uh, how we bet the Bravos last night in fading Kyle Freeland with runs, not necessarily innings. He went all the way past the fifth. Um, and, and then the same thing uh, could be said tonight, I think, for Lynn. Also, shout out Ozzy Albies getting us over two and a half total bases on three singles. Three for five. Uh, not how we expected to get it, but we'll take it for sure. So I, I'm going to continue to just stick to this game for a second and talk about my bet in in this one, um, which is Ronald Acuna Jr. specifically. Uh, I'm, I'm facing, I'm taking him to get over one and a half total bases, and I can get even money on that. He's not a bad pick for a home run tonight, to be honest. One of his uh, two hits in those three at-bats that he's taken, uh, that he's faced Lance Lenny, took him deep. So I would feel pretty good about Acuna getting around two bases here, at least with maybe a double. A um, couple hits is not out of the realm of possibility either. You do get plus money for him to get two hits. Uh, you're, all, you're all the way down to minus 290 for him to just get one hit, which is a, a really odd uh, line set there where we're just, why would I ever take the the one over one hit? Why do you even offer it at minus 290 if you're all the way up to like plus 110 on the two hits? It's just a weird disparity. But I'm go- that's why I'm attacking total bases because I can get even money on DraftKings there for him to get two with uh, that, that even money for one unit. He is uh, back to tearing the, the cover off the ball. If Mookie Betts wasn't literally, you know, better than Babe Ruth at this point. Babe Ruth with, like, you know, Jackie Robinson speed. Like, he's just out of control right now, which is why uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. has fallen in that MVP spot. But it's not like he's been a slouch either. He has not given this award away. Mookie, Mookie Betts is coming in just completely taking it. Uh, in August, he's batting three he He's got five dingers in that time as well, which is good for second most of any month this year because Matt Olson's had six already in a month. But uh, the eight of nine games last Last, eight of the last nine, he's gotten a hit in. In 10 of the last 12 that he's played, he's gotten at least two total bases. So, you know, even when he's gotten uh, just the one hit, there's been two, three games where he's gotten one hit. There was two doubles and a triple in there. So he's still getting the total bases because he can always do that. Uh, if I were going to take him for a home run, I'd probably just take him first home run in the game and, and double the juice on that type of bet. But I think there's plenty of reasons to feel like he's going to be able to hit Lance Lynn. You, met, you mentioned the, the way that Lance Lynn pitches. Mostly the cutter and the fastball. Acuna top five this year in expected outcome when he faces a fastball and uh, top five versus the slider. Not that dissimilar from a cutter where he's in the top 85th percentile in expected outcome when he's at bat and he has thrown a, uh, a, sli- a cutter rather, which is Lance Lynn's second favorite pitch. So I, I think this is there's a reason he's two for three. I think there's a reason he's top two in, in MVP, obviously voting for, for the NL. And I think this is a good game to get him two total bases. Yeah, I wanted to see if there was like a team prop for the Braves homers here because I think somebody's taking Lance Lynn deep. When you look at the fact that lefties have a 2.5 home run per nine ratio off him, you mentioned Matt Olson being hot. Doesn't have great BVP data against Lynn, but could easily fix that here. And I think Eddie Rosario is a guy I would look at for the home run prop anytime homer. Um, I think both those guys could, could go deep off him. And of course, Acuna. Um, is great in righty righty matchups and could could get to this guy. So that's that's the game we're most interested in and we're putting most of our units on. I know we're both looking at this Nats 
Marlins game is basically the only other show in town. The Giants haven't even officially named a starter here. So that's the other game tonight. Um, You know, Joanna Don for the Nats and Braxton Garrett, they happened to pitch against each other just six days ago. And it was a pretty low scoring game. I'm going to try to ride that trend again and say the first five is under four and a half runs even money, and I will say only go a half unit on this because we are talking about two young pitchers with very limited sample sizes, especially Adon, who's, you know, he has a 9.9 ERA in just 10 innings at home this year, Um, you know, but he is holding righties to a 143 average and 222 Woba. Uh, In the minors, he had really good numbers as soon as he got ahead in the count. So I think there's a reason he had some success in his last start against the Marlins where he did go six scoreless, only gave up three hits, uh, only allowed one barrel. I mean, the high launch angle is less of a less of a concern here at Nats Park. I mean, it wasn't a concern in Marlins Park at all, but Nats Park still pretty big in the outfield there. And, And it's really more about the Marlins offense, right? I mean, that they. They let you get ahead in the count. They they chase out of the zone. They are 28th in walk rate, 27th in weighted runs created, and 29th in line drive rate in this month. So, I mean, this is more about fading both offenses and and having some faith in, in Braxton Garrett, who's right, the seventh overall pick uh, a few years ago, has plenty of talent, has been better on the road for whatever that means. I mean, the concern here is that he's, he gives up like a 46% hard contact rate to righties, but somehow they're only hitting 230 off him. I mean, good infielders behind him. That That's a factor for sure. He is going to give up some contact. But, I mean, the Nats, their, their MO, which we always talk about, is they're not going to strike out. They're just going to put the ball in play, see what happens. They have the highest zone contact rate in the majors. And some of that can can play into your hands if you're if you're just going to look to get some easy outs, get guys swinging early in the count, uh, get it in play and, and hope your fielders take care of you behind you. And, and I think that's why the Marlins are a team that does trend under because they have great infielders um, and why Garrett can, you know, sort of replicate his some success. You had, you gave up three earned in this August 25th start. Um, he's been all right in his last five, despite facing, you know, three of the most dangerous lineups for a lefty Phillies Astros Dodgers navigated them I think seeing the Nats again he might be a little prepared uh for what they bring to the table and I don't think that this young lineup of the Nats is going to be that much better against him so I just don't think there's going to be a lot of runs here early on that's fine I'm not totally against you on this um but I, but I'm not in full agreement either because I do want to fade Garrett a little bit, and I want to do that by taking Washington over three and a half runs in this game total minus one fifteen, uh, and put a unit on that. And I also want to take under strikeouts for Garrett at under four and a half. Little bit, I love the under five and a half, man. I was so ready to pounce on under five and a half at under four and a half for minus one oh eight on Fanduel though. I'll still take it. 0.7 units. You mentioned he's facing some some good lineups, and and that's definitely fair. When he's faced some bad lineups, he's had a bit more success, unsurprisingly, including like Colorado. But 
at the same time, this Washington Nationals team is so pesky and annoying. And by the way, has the same record as the San Diego Padres. I tweeted that out earlier. They've been hovering around the same record as them forever. I think the Padres payroll is three times as much as the uh, the Nationals payroll right now. So that is a hilarious statistic to me. Says a lot about the pods, but I think it says a lot about the Nationals too, because they're a team that is just hard to get rid of because they don't strike out. And that's my favorite reason for continuing to find lefty versus Nats bats matchups and taking the, the the Nats to not strike out against pitchers that Garrett, like Garrett has a decent, has some decent strikeout numbers against certain teams. I mean, you, you mentioned the tough outings lately. He has gone under um, in three of his last four. He had six K's uh, in that one against the, the Rockies, like I mentioned. So that's whatever you want to do with that. I think when he faces a lineup that's striking out at a rate of 16 and a half percent against lefties in the month of August, that is easily the best in the majors right now. They are not striking out at all. Uh, it's very difficult to get them out with those lefty bats. You mentioned that, that uh, those numbers for Garrett in terms of uh, what's happening on his pitches there and the, and the expected outcome, a 47.7% hard hit rate is absurd for sure. Uh, those are some bad numbers. I, th- there's a reason that his expected numbers are bloated and it's really like time for some of that regression more. To, uh, to come and hit Braxton Garrett, I think. The 3.7 ERA he had in the first half, much better than the 4.5 ERA he's had in the second half of the season since the break. Um, he's got the, the 8% barrel rate with that 48% hard hit rate. And that's just, that's what I'd be scared of is like they're going to get bats on it. And I think they're going to be able to get around and, and get the, the four runs they need in this game. Uh, like you said, they just had three earned on seven hits against him, including a homer. He was only able to get the three Ks in this most recent matchup. And I think the runs are still viable for Washington. Even if they get two or three, even if they just get two off of Garrett before they make him leave, this this bullpen for Miami has been in the bottom half for sure in, in August and hasn't really been good in a while. That's why they got David Robertson and then they benched David Robertson and they need a new closer again because their bullpen has been struggling so mightily. Um, and, and that's why they're, they've, they've given up that, what, four and a half, worse than four and a half X FIP over the month. And, and like I said, those Washington bats not striking out. They are back into the top half of the league against lefties in terms of actually scoring runs as well back in, in the WRC plus and batting average slugging all in the top half of the league against lefties in August. So I, I wanted to take the Nats at plus 144. Everything in this matchup just told me like just sprinkle a little bit on the dog uh but because there's only a couple games too i wanted to split i wanted to get a couple bets in these games and find a way to make sure i at least come out positive uh, on a really small baseball slate yeah i mean both things can be true in terms of garrett not getting four strikeouts and and yeah and, and still navigating six innings without much damage because that is what we expect from the nats is is to not be an explosive offense but also not strike out so i think we are in agreement there I like what you're saying, yeah, yep. in terms of the Marlins being the the bullpen being awful, them having like a terrible losing streak at the moment. Maybe we just want to say Nats plus 144. That seems like good juice. That seems like better than them scoring four runs. Um is just to back them. They've been they've been pretty good lately and yeah, I think the Marlins are fading out of this one. So I would look at that you guys and, and consider maybe the parlay Nats and Braves money line. Uh, Cause we obviously like the Braves with Spencer Strider for fading Lance Lynn in all these different ways. Uh, so we'd look at that on a short slate here. If you're trying to combo the games. 
I would, I would take a little sprinkle on that. Yoana Doan scares the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, he he is not ready for the big leagues, for sure. A good thing the, the Marlins bats have been so quiet, for sure, because that, that would scare me a ton. But yeah, in, in this matchup with the righty coming in, we just saw you know Aaron Savali, much better pitcher than Yoana Doan right now. Uh, but we saw Savali able to handle them. So I, yeah, I, I'm not trashing or poo-pooing fully you're under four and a half in the first five but we're going to need Yoan Adone to uh to hold his weight for even like three or four innings if he can so uh that is all the time we have for you guys in this one we'll look to stay super hot on a weird Thursday baseball slate for you coming back with a full one on Friday as well so until we see you next happy betting <laughs> <laughs>